0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Welcome, everyone, to Beyond 90, the podcast, episode 109. My name is Cheryl Downs. My pronouns are she, her. We've got a couple of the gang here at the moment, and we have one person on sick leave. So, Stefan, we wish you all the best and hope you feel better soon. And we've got one person who maybe the train is delayed a little bit. We're just waiting to see when they check in. Madge, how's your week been so far?
1: Yeah, really good. Uh- Back to some interesting early mornings on a Sunday with the under-20 World Cup happening. But, um, but yeah, it's good to have some international football to keep us all entertained.
0: Yeah. And I think, Eric, welcome as well to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I wonder your thoughts on the, the big rain delay that we had for the U-20s match for well, Australia versus Brazil. We'll get into that in more detail. But mm-hmm. did you set your alarm and it was a later nap time than what you were expecting?
2: Well, no, because I, I, I one of the first things I did was have a coffee, and then I just couldn't get back to sleep. So, so I just I just waited it out until um, play resumed. But I was thinking there'd be a lot of NPL clubs that would be interested in whatever machine they used over there at uh, in Alahuense to help clear the water, because that such a thing could be very useful for well, basically every community club. <laughs>
1: very
0: good and we've just got dale joining the podcast as well very good timing just while dale's joining we just talk about the um fifa women's world cup the 2023 version not the under 20 version 338 days remaining until that first match in new zealand so it is getting closer and closer less than a year now super exciting times uh, as Dale continues to join us, because can't seem completely on online yet, we'll just talk about the history of football and episode 109 coincides with cap 109 and that uh, cap goes to Leanne Trimboli. played only three matches or sorry, four matches, I think three a international she was a goalkeeper, she st- debuted for the Matildas in 2000 and played until 2001. Incidentally, she was actually the first of the Matildas who debuted in 2000. So we've gone through all the the people pre then, and now we've got plenty of what I'll start considering to be the younger generation of Matildas and even more as we go along. Um, And interestingly, so Leanne actually initially dreamt participating in the Olympics as a basketballer and shout out to the um, the World Cup basketball, I think is on in Sydney in not too long a time, a couple of weeks, I think. I'm very excited. I am going and I will be catching many games. Might have to do a bit of a cross pod and you can throw in some extra highlights from the basketball as well. But ultimately, Leanne's height didn't enable her to become the successful basketballer that she hoped to be. She also had a reconstruction like so many players of whatever sport. She moved on to Taekwondo and was a, a bit of a contender around that space, but just thought that with the timing of Matilda's call up, that that became her, her one love. Um, Leanne, to the best of my knowledge at the moment, is a member of the South Australian Police. So congratulations, Leanne on your contribution to the Matilda's history great to have you there and we'll try and find out more information about you it's a little bit light but good to hear anything Dale g'day how are you
3: all right I have had a very very busy weekend and I have been in the garden all afternoon instead of doing my job Um, Hmm. which is one of the perks of working from home but I've been thoroughly enjoying the under 20s world cup and I'm sure we'll come onto that later
0: We certainly will. Before we move on to the Under-20s World Cup, which is definitely big-time news at the moment, we talk about the Ballon d'Or, which is Ballon d'Or, sorry. Um, Sam Kerr has been nominated again for the fourth consecutive time. I was going to say fifth consecutive time, but fourth consecutive time. We'll see how she goes this time around. It's not the final list right now. It's effectively the top 20 Um, Anyone have any particular thoughts about the list there? I think there's a couple of omissions, Kira Walsh being one of them that has been pointed out by people. But, you know, this this award, like so many awards, is never perfect. Everyone has different opinions and perspectives. But there's also a great list of players in there.
2: Um, Okay. This wasn't me that put this in a particular group chat, but I'll start. Um, Trinity Rodman. Go on.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) It's an interesting one. Look, I am a big enjoyer of the late 90s Chicago Bulls, um, but not enough to nominate one of their daughters for the Ballon d'Or, having played nine minutes of senior international football in her career. And, yeah, she's doing all right, like, in the NWSL, but, like, is she one of the 20 best players in the world? Am I one of the twenty best players in the world? I mean, is good. she
2: is she one of the best twenty players in the USA?
3: Yeah, Who can say? I mean, like if she, if I recall correctly, uh, she wasn't even in the squad that came down to Australia. She was to, not. I
2: would have remembered that. To, and although, yeah. um, yeah, yes, many. Can
3: and I mean, there's a few, there's a few funny ones in there. It's always, it's always funny to me when. We, I think there's been a real kind of paradigm shift in terms of in the last kind of two or three years in terms of where people look for quality football. And I think that people are really looking to Europe now instead of looking to the US. Um, so to still see, uh, I mean, I don't really have a problem with Alex Morgan being in there. She's one of the best strikers in the world, but also like,
0: not sure if it's been her best season though.
3: Yeah, yeah but true. I don't think it's been her best season. I mean, San Diego are doing really well, and you know that's, she scored what I don't know. Club she scored like twelve goals against St Kitts and Nevis or St Lucia or something. <laughs> it's, it's
1: it's a step up on previous years when um oh, when Megan Rapinoe has just made it despite barely yeah. playing at all. So <laughs> Carly Lloyd,
3: Carly Lloyd was the one that Carly Lloyd, yes, yeah, bear. yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe um, maybe it's like uh the Academy Awards where you're nominated from when you played well. Or, or when you played well or appeared in a great movie a, a little while ago, and we didn't quite get you there then, so maybe we want to do an honorary thing and maybe there's an mm. opportunity to have a look at honorary. Um, can I change the conversation a little bit if that's okay and say of this list, who would be your top three or five? you know, I, I know it's tough, but w- we can talk about the people who maybe are surprising to be in there, but who really deserves to be there and who do you think is kind of a, a, in in the space to maybe tick the box.
1: Madge? <laughs> <Meet, laughs> um Pateas. They're, they're my three.
0: Yep. <laughs> no objections to those three.
2: So we're just <laughs> ignoring Beth Mead, are we? Hmm. I,
3: I think... Um, be close. Maybe close. Yeah, maybe in the top think, five. Yeah. yeah, definitely in my top five. She'd be on my short list. Yeah. Um, one player who I think has had a really good season that I don't think many people have talked about has been Amandine Henri. Um, very very good midfielder for Leon. Uh, vindicated in not playing for France. Maybe who can say? It's not for me to say. Um, I think Peteras, um Aitana Bonmati would not surprise me if she was there as mm-hmm. well. She was super. She's gonna
0: win know, it in like two or three years, surely. Yeah,
3: I think she's only like like 22 or 23 she's quite young um but i mean i think if i think if sam doesn't win it this year uh I, i would have been more i would have been more willing to think that she would have won it last year um, but I think that if she continues the way that she's playing this year into a World Cup, I don't think there's any reason that she can't. I think the thing that would hold Sam Kerr back is probably the fact that Chelsea didn't make it out of the group stage in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Pateas will probably get it. Very good for mm-hmm. Spain. She's been really good for Barcelona. Made it really good in Europe. Um, and obviously, I-, I hate to say it, but I think there might be a little bit of a sympathy vote because she didn't play at the Euros just because she did an mm-hmm. ACL. Mm-hmm. um but yeah i wouldn't have a problem with her eating it she's she's been pretty good you know she's been fine they didn't lose a game in the league all season so
0: yeah oh, well i'm interested to see how it progresses with all the awards that we see i mean they are judged differently and this one i'm not an expert but it's it's based on the the french media is to the best of my knowledge the way that they work it so it's obviously mm-hmm. got i won't say a bias but it has a um has a strength in a, in a particular area. It's also based on a simple vote of saying, you know, I think, and player three is the player versus, and I don't want to cross codes too much, but if you look at something like the Brownlow, which might be incredibly boring or the Julie Dolan medal, those sorts of things, you can see that you it's based on a number of votes per game. So it's a little bit more transparent. I'm not saying it's better. It's just more transparent so yeah eric did you have any final thoughts i'm conscious that
2: um just i just think about poor wendy renard defenders don't ever win these awards uh, oh know, also yeah. shout also shout out to christian enla <laughs> oh uh,
1: that's, <laughs> go. that's another
3: one for me like enla i mean there's only ever been one there's only ever been one goalkeeper win the Ballon d'Or, and that was Lev Yashin in 1960 for the Soviet Union. I mean, and sure. he was so good that the goalkeeper of the war goalkeeper goalkeeper of the year award is now named after him. Mm-hmm. Like I know that Nadine Angra won the best player in the year, I think yep. twice. But I mean, yeah, you know, they would have to be concede no goals for the whole season. Yeah, it's, pretty much. It's tough. It's a tough. Tough knock life out there for the defenders and the goalkeepers.
0: Yep. Well, Lucy Bronze is a defender and she's won, has she not? Or am I getting confused with the is best she, versus she the... Came,
3: I think she came third last year, but she... Mm. she Very appropriate she, for Lucy Bronze to come third. Yes, she did <laughs> come third last year. Um, but we've also got
0: but... um, Millie Bright's in there. Look, yeah. to me, and I don't want to be critical because I wanted to talk about who are the top players, but Wendy Renard is is not at her best. She's still an imposing player, I'll give her that, but she's not at her best and, and yeah, it's... Maybe, maybe it is time for more players to come along. Lena Oberdorf, I think, was the winner of the young player of the Euro Tournament as well. So that's exciting she to was. see her there. Um, exciting to see a couple of players there from Germany. But as you say, there there are there's a strong presence there from European football, which is wonderful because I, I do think it's some of the most exciting football that you can see. Agreed. Okay. Moving on, and we did get a reminder from Stefan. Thank you. He's always doing his homework, even when he's unwell. Um, just in regard to the Women's International Cup, which starts on Wednesday-ish, maybe Thursday, depending on time zones this week. And the, the players in in and amongst that, Portland Thorns, CF Monterey, Olympic Lyonnais, and Chelsea. So they will be the four teams who are going to battle it out to see who can take the title of that Champions Cup. It is going to be broadcast on, I always say it wrong, but D-A-Z-N for those who appreciate spelling, Um, you'll be able to watch it there and I think that's probably a really good thing to point out because as we head off to talk about under 20 and FIFA plus there have been some of us around the world who haven't been able to watch as easily as we thought and damn me for making an assumption I need to stop making assumptions that these things are going to be available nice and easy but it is easy to watch these things on YouTube so not FIFA plus but it will be easy to watch the Women's International Champions Cup so that's exciting um, in terms of those four tw- teams that are there, I'm it's a toss up between Lyon and Chelsea for me.
2: Yes. Yeah, um. Just and of course, um, it's basically two semis and a final. So, Lyon actually played Chelsea in match day one, so that we'll get to see those two. We're definitely guaranteed to see those two. That's good. So then, it's kind of uh ends up being a Europe versus CONCACAF battle, really, in yep. the final.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We like that. That's
0: that's and- good a bit staged like that potentially yeah.
2: mm. it does i feel like there wasn't a staged even a draw not barcelona. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
3: yes also <laughs> i mean well i mean i don't know if barcelona can afford to get out of the country at the moment I <laughs> know what's going on at their club or, or, or wolfsburg um,
1: we could throw, throw in there as well
3: yeah wolfsburg could be in there um it's i i do i mean we kind of everybody makes a bit of a hoo-ha about these like pre-season tournaments especially when it's Men's football about oh you're just doing it for money. It's like well yes this we, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of exist within a capital structure, but like I do I love these women's preseason tournaments just because like when else are we ever going to see like Club Monterrey play a game, let alone play against like a top tier opponent. I think that's really cool for the kind of um, uh, not even like stats nerds but football nerds and and obviously um, getting to see them play on a good quality platform as well. It's been, you know, really good. There is is another tournament going on at the moment in Louisville, I believe. I think it's um, the Women's Cup as well. Uh, Tottenham, AC Milan, Tokyo, Louisville, Club America, and there's one more team that escapes me, Um, but they're all playing in Louisville as well. So we might get to see Chids versus Kaya Simon um which would be cool um so again it's just another one of those tournaments that like it's cool to see clubs doing that getting a bit of money on the side especially going to the states you know improve their international appeal and good luck to them i say
0: yeah, definitely about the visibility, probably less mm. about the money. I'm not sure how much would come in in regards to this, but I actually didn't have that one in the show notes. So Dale, maybe you can help us out afterwards, because I think that'd be really good to see be. some Aussie presence in and around there. I alluded to it before, or I didn't even allude to it, but I said about the under 20 FIFA plus I went into the tournament thinking that I'd be able to watch it. Anything that I wanted Uh, through fifa plus or through sps and i'm not sure where the rights in australia specifically sit but i know that i was disappointed when i mean it's great to have australian women's football on the telly and, and free to air tv even at that is brilliant but being a a really big football fan, I want to see more than just the Australian games. And even if you were just an Australian fan, you might want to see how the other teams are playing. So you can see what are the chances that you're going to have after that. So um, like I said, for me, an assumption gone
1: wrong. Too often have I done that and I should slap myself for... um... I don't think it was a bad assumption, Cheryl, because I'm fairly sure the Matilda's um, press release and story said that we could watch it on FIFA Plus. So I think something has gone wrong. Yeah, Somewhere. my
3: understanding was that it was that FIFA Plus had the rights for Australia outside of the Australian games, which mm-hmm. I think have to be on free-to-air because of the anti-siphoning list. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I've been super disappointed with that. I must say the SBS, SBS coverage has been great. Um, yes. You know, can't really complain about that. How good Free is game having show? midday football when you're working from home? Um, yes. Uh... Again. Just Good as example as... of me not working.
2: Yeah. And um uh, same here. And uh I'm just I just assume that um yeah. my bosses don't listen to me, which is why I still have a job. So
3: <laughs> Yeah. Put the I'll have to put the tape over the webcam uh just to make sure so that the, the boss doesn't see what my screen looks like. <laughs> I it will be will be interesting on Wednesday, I have to go into the office, have to find a way to make the have to make the, the picture in picture as small as possible, but still be able to watch the game.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, Well, I mean, there's always the on demand option as well, which is really quite good for those of you who do have bosses who might be a little more aware of what people are up to, you can watch it afterwards as well. So that'll be, that'll be good for people too. Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. And hopefully by the time we get to the quarterfinals, maybe more of the matches will be on SBS. I'm not too sure. Fingers crossed. Let's talk about the um, under-20 World Cup now then. So I'll just say quickly and let us all delve into discussion about the game and analysis where things went right and wrong. Uh, The first game for Australia was against the host Costa Rica and we came away with a 3-1 victory. The second game was against Brazil. Brazil. And we had a 2-0 loss against them. And then the final match is scheduled for Wednesday at 12 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time, and that's against Spain. That is a do-or-die match for us because it's only the top two teams in the group that go through. Australia needs to – I would say they have to win. I mean, mathematically, they might be able to draw and hope that Brazil loses – Terribly to Costa Rica or something or other, but I'm sure that that won't happen. Um, Madge, starting with you thoughts on at least the Australian games, and then we can jump into
1: some of the other ones as well. Yeah, well, I guess we we got off to a a cracking start. Well, actually, the whole game got off to a cracking start um against Costa Rica with an absolute blinder of a goal um, from Pinel. Um, from a free kick, uh, I mean, I'm not very good at spatial awareness. Twenty meters out from the box, thirty-five.
3: Oh. Uh, yeah, closer to forty. Yeah, yeah. she was well, in the yeah.
1: car park. Um, just <laughs> an absolute screamer uh, free kick. Um, Sally James maybe reacted a, a, a little bit late, but uh, still, just just an amazing goal to um, that absolutely lit up social media. But I think what makes what was so fantastic to see was that the uh, the young Matildas didn't panic and and really you know worked their way back into the game, especially also with a, a really raucous home crowd. I think there were 22,000-odd um, people in that crowd. They, they would never have played uh, with an atmosphere like that before, and I think they handled it really well. Um, so, yeah, just wonderful. I'm trying to remember what the goals were now. So uh, the first goal was a penalty. That's right from Sarah Hunter. And what what a cool penalty we're not used to it as Matilda's fans, just seeing someone step up to the spot and absolutely bury it. After also like a a little bit of a wait as well because I think there was a bit of um, jostling uh, from the from the players that the the ref was trying to get under control. Probably a bit a bit of a VAR check as well. I was
0: going to um, say yeah, VAR check.
1: Yeah, so just um really cool, calm, and collected to absolutely bury the penalty and. Uh, and then um, a couple more goals to give us the three-one the win. So thoroughly enjoyable first game. Absolutely, Dale.
3: Yeah, super impressed with with the way that the team bounced back. To be honest, um, you do see a lot of a lot of teams in international football, especially when you play away from home, um, concede a screamer like that, and then tend to drop their heads a little bit. But um, Sarah Hunter. Uh, spoke to, I believe it was ABC through the week and said, you know, we were prepared. We thought that the only way that they were going to be able to score was to score like that. And they did. So, you know, we kind of didn't think that we were in any danger at that point and knew that we could play through them. And yeah, I was, I was pretty impressed. Um, I was not necessarily impressed with the fact that it took five minutes for the VAR check, considering mm. it, it was a penalty eight days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, but, you know, a really impressive performance um so i i would have loved to have watched the spain versus brazil game as you said Cheryl but unfortunately not available
0: yeah uh, shout out to friend of the potter as well kate jakowic who's over in costa rica doing the var so i'm sure they're doing a brilliant job there was a photo posted on social media about the first women only or every every single person in the var room was a woman so it's great to see that they've been trained um, and they're yeah doing, doing their thing. And, and there's been a, a number of checks and yeah, it will, it's, it's great. It's it great. Isn't bad, it, Eric? It wasn't as bad as the,
3: the <laughs> second, the, the, the check in the second game that went for about a month. Yeah, that was, Oof.
1: that was really bad in the yeah. second game. Um, I have no idea why it took that long.
0: Eric, your thoughts as well on, on not only the game, but the, the game before then, I think it was Spain versus Brazil, or sorry, it may not have been before the Aussie game, I can't remember, but that was a nil-all draw. And the result of that maybe has put Australia's chances to be even grayer than what they would otherwise be because if one of those teams didn't take a point, we could have a, a bigger chance to make it to the quarterfinals. I'm not suggesting we had a big chance, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so that was... um. And then by all accounts, Brazil should have won that fairly comfortably as well, from what I've heard. So yeah, you're right. And now it does um, leave Australia in the, with two teams ahead of them on four points instead of just, instead of one team on six and one team on three, which would have made it easier, as you said, Cheryl, but you know, that's, that's the way, Um, that's tournament football. Like there's a lot of things out of your control. So it's really just about uh, Australia controlling what uh, they can and you know it's as we know it's gonna be very difficult for them on Wednesday our time, Tuesday night, Costa Rican time. But they, they in a sense they still have uh they still have their destiny in their own hands. They know they know if they if they pull off the improbable, they are going to the knockouts, which would be wonderful. But yeah, I think just yeah, just on that um long uh VAR check, uh yeah, it was almost as long as the rain delay. So <laughs>
1: I think when I was watching um, the, the game against Brazil, I think what really stood out for me was the Brazilians looked bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. fitter. They, they, yeah. they, were, they looked really good. Um, it, it, like, it was absolutely, um, I think it was, it, the Matildas did well to keep it as a 2-0 uh, mm-hmm. loss. They had a, a lot of chances against us and, um, and Sally James, I think, had a, had a great game um, in goal. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I was meaning to go and look up the the age bracket of of the Brazilian team just to see if they were maybe more yeah. sort of in the nineteen year old sort of frame because they they definitely let me look
2: that for it. Let me look that yeah.
1: up. See how good I am. <laughs> off you go, uh, check it out because yeah, even just on what like when you're making Sheridan and I think it may have been Sam Lewis on the halftime show uh, or, it or was, wait, this still. this was
2: yeah this was cool.
1: when you make Sherrod and Gallagher um, look like she's easy to push off the ball. Um, yeah, that, that was the big thing that stood out to me mm. in the Brazilian game, and I, I do want to go back and I, and try and check out the Brazil Spain game to see um, to see how the Spanish team look, looked in comparison to them. And Spain had a five 0 victory
0: over Costa Rica as well. So in terms of goal difference, it it does look even harder for Australia, but prior to the tournament, there has been some discussion on SBS as well. And probably in some of the um, articles that Sam's written for ABC, it's, you know, did Australia need to win the tournament to make sure that people understand? You know, is that the expectation from some of the kind of fans out there? And
1: yes, unfortunately, us, yeah, that, that yeah. unfortunately, yeah, that is Australia. But I think you yeah. guys made the point in, in one of the previous pods that it was it was really good that we had you know a couple of sixteen year olds in our squad. So that's mm. that's where I was like, yes, um, so I found there, there, found there the, could be a bit of an age yep. difference in, um, yes. but, but then that just means that you know we're giving those players uh, a fantastic learning uh, experience through the yeah, tournament. Agreed
2: so i'm um, just looking quickly at the dates of brazil slightly older but it's not like they're all born in 2002 so it's okay. rough, rough the and, same and age so
3: like the point that you make madge like we also are missing our three best players under the age we are tournament. yes so like if we were going to go and win the tournament um we probably would have told them that this was a Helpful, either go for it. But I, as you say, I think it's as much about getting everyone tournament experience and all that kind of stuff. And if we make the make the knockouts, we make the knockouts. Yeah, you know, I don't want to
0: call out too looking. many players by saying who do we think is the best player so far, because I think it's an experience for all of them, all of them. I think Leah Blaney's done a, a great job in preparing the team for the tournament. And I think the the players generally have been playing up to standard and this is just something that will go in their kit bag that they'll Mm. be able to draw on year on year and just get better and better. So to each of the players out there and just fast forward to Queen's of the Week and I'll say my Queens of the Week are the young Matildas because I think they've all put in exceptionally well and it's great to see them out there. Um, If we move on quickly just to some of the other nations that are playing and some of the other groups um i think for me i can't remember all the results off the top of my head and someone may have them in front of them but but in particular i think today or yesterday the netherlands um had a red card i'm not sure what time it was at but they managed to defeat the us 3-0
1: yeah that's Getting the game i really want to go back and watch that one cheryl um, oh, i'm
0: sorry if i told you the result i'm sorry anyone if we told you,
2: the
3: result <laughs> you oh,
1: no, please,
2: we just discussed no one can no one can watch these games anyway we're not so yeah it's okay it's a <laughs> highlights
3: yeah we'll, we'll, but, uh, we'll put some um some stop motion Lego video together so that you can watch the highlights
1: <laughs> but i think what was so interesting about that result cheryl was i did actually catch um a lot of the japan netherlands game so the the first, um, game from that group. And Japan were, won that game 1-0, but we're absolutely all over the Netherlands. Um, and then the Netherlands come back and beat the USA 3-0. So uh, I think that's absolutely uh, set up a mouth-watering uh, final game there between Japan and the USA. Mm-hmm. USA um, will be wanting to um, get a win back on the board. Uh, but yeah, Japan looked really great um, in that game. So I'm not quite sure what happened with the Netherlands, so I need need to see that.
2: Yeah, that so the, the red cards, 82nd minute after the three goals had been after scored. Yes, and it just, I'm just looking at this group. I have now realised it is possible for someone in that group to get eliminated with six points. Wow. Yeah. Which wow. is because never- Japan's on six, Netherlands on three, United States on three. So Netherlands could beat Ghana, US beat Japan, and then it's down to goal difference.
1: And then, I mean, there was some other like what people might call, you know, upsets. Um, and and I haven't gone back and seen sort of all of these games, but they looked they all looked a little bit more even than the Japan-Netherlands mm. game, which was a 1-0 um, to Japan. But Nigeria um, defeated France. Oh, um, I watched
3: the highlights to that game. France got absolutely hosed. They had a, a goal chalked off in the second half, and then Nigeria went down the other end and scored. And I was just like, well, that was fun. Um Colombia beating Germany, though. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> shocked by that result.
1: But that was another one that, when you were well, looking at the stats, um, I, I think Germany may have shaded the opportunities. And, and I did actually watch a bit of that one as well. But um, it, it wasn't as lopsided as, as, say, Japan be, beating the Netherlands. So mm. um, gone high tech. And I'm sure oh, for anyone who's watching our video, not only can you see all
0: the different tabs see, see, that you, I've see, got you. open.
2: You see that, Stefan? Stephen? <laughs> Stefan's the only one watching. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, Spotify, we've got video on there as well if anyone wants to see it. But you can see that you've got embedded highlights, which is good. But as we talked yeah. about before, there's a couple of results that you can see from game day one. And then if we scroll to the second game day, I think it's interesting. I mean, France beating Canada 3-1 is big. South Korea went down as well. So I've got bits and pieces in front of some of these scores. So, yeah, it's really interesting. And leading into, if I do the final bit of scrolling, you can see the final group stage matches that we've got coming up. New Zealand currently bottom of the group for for them, I think, or are they second bottom? Um, interesting to see if they can grab a couple of points and come up. I think they're in the group with Germany and Mexico. Um, Australia's got Spain, Brazil, Costa Rica. You would expect Brazil to take the points in there. The big match match that you would probably be dying to see based on what you're saying about Japan is it Japan against the United States. I think mm-hmm. that will be a big match. I think um, that South
1: Korea, France is is looking like a, an important one as well. Um, good one as both well. with a win. Yep. Yep. Um and if we have a look at the
0: tables just quickly, this because this might be interesting to people. And I'm sorry if um we'll try not to leave any dead air for if you're only listening and haven't got the visuals, you can see that look, Spain are doing incredibly well, I think, and you would expect them with their trajectory around how they're progressing so far to maybe come out of group A on top, I think um brazil quite possibly to be the other team coming out of group a then in group b i don't know um who wants to take us through it instead of me saying um
3: okay uh so group b you've got colombia on four points germany on three mexico on two and new zealand on one uh new zealand you know pretty pretty tough look for them at the moment i believe they play colombia on the last game day of the group Group C, you've got Nigeria on six points, France and South Korea on three points on equal goal difference uh, and Canada on nil points. Uh, and then Group D, you've got Japan on six, Netherlands and United States on three, separated by goal difference, Netherlands in second, and then Ghana in last place of that group with nil point as well. Um, so you'd have to say
0: Canada's now. quite possibly out.
3: So Canada and Ghana are gone. Mm-hmm. New Zealand need a win and a miracle. Yep. Yeah.
0: U.S. Uh, could be out.
3: It I can be. be U.S. Yeah, the U.S. would need to beat the U.S. would need Japan. To beat Japan by more than two, at least two goals.
2: Two goals, yeah, that'll um, guarantee it. Anything yeah. less is leaving things up to the other game.
3: And the other, the other thing for us is in terms of our in terms of our group. Um, if Australia don't beat, if Australia draw with Spain, uh, we need Costa Rica beat Brazil by seven goals. no wait no um so if they could do that that would be two or three sorry five goals because we would need need spain to have a zero goal difference and then we would Mm. have Mm. more goals Mm. anyway uh but yeah if we could win that would be nice please yes that would
1: please Leah blaney make that happen yes um
3: use abby lemons inside knowledge that'll help (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) i must say abby was great when she came on against brazil yes yeah
3: it's a ball of energy like Mm a lemon with no electrodes in it throwing it. <laughs> throwing it back to high school science here yeah. yeah, okay she was, i was very impressed
0: let's move on to dub and i know that we probably feel like we're still a long way away from dub but it'll come here before we know it maybe we need a dub countdown as well now that we know i think Well, it, you know what memory... we need for,
2: you know what we need for a dub countdown don't we a schedule yeah. I'm I well, know no, they've announced no, a date, but that they can change. We that, know that, so that the season like kicks
0: a... off. I think on the 18th of November. If I've made that up, I'm sorry. I'll go back and check uh, yeah. the notes. But pretty sure yeah, it's yeah, kicking right. off it's... then. We don't know who's. I'd playing love who. a. I'd love
2: a opening match though.
3: Just yes, please. please.
0: Well, it'll be Melbourne Victory versus Western United. It, my guess. I don't know. I
3: actually wouldn't be surprised if that's right. They should. <laughs> I mean, that's the one they. Guess. That's the. That's the one they should pick. Yes. That's a, um. That's a really good guess. Uh, I like that Um, at the ground that Hume City play at
2: ABD or what, whoever the sponsor is now. I'm thinking of
3: um, sunshine, George's cross. Oh, that one. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So I think this week we've had eight signings. I've been keeping tabs and I've been doing my best. I'm sorry if there's anyone who's been missed out and we'll try and update that as we go, but eight signings this week, Dylan Holmes, Annalie Grove for two years, Isabel Hodgson for two years, Paige Hayward all for Adelaide United, Brisbane Raw, um, Madge hopefully you're happy, I think there's been some celebration, Sean Freer and Marielle Hecker, great to see her back playing there, Canberra United Michelle Heyman, uh, Western United have got Hannah Keane who's an international and under 20 Junior Matilda or under twenty, uh, Callie Johnson. Yeah. So overall, there's a total of fifty-four players who have been signed. What's the um? What's the squad size? Is it between eighteen and twenty-one?
2: I'd hope it's twenty and 23. and twenty-three. I think yeah, it's twenty-three. Twenty-three is the max. I think it max. go
0: from eighteen though. I've seen that before.
2: 18. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I hope Cheap
1: no one tries that. Cheap teams. <laughs> I think I'm you usually able. at least have some scholarship players. Yeah. I
3: think you might be right. I think it might be 20-plus. Yeah, 20-plus. Okay, cool.
0: So if we've got that many teams and we've got 54 players where, I don't know, I'm not doing super math here, but we're about a quarter of the way through of the signings. Um, Yeah, so we'll see. Teams who are looking pretty strong at the moment, and a shout-out to Stefan again. Canberra United have got 10 players, so they're in double digits. Perth Glory, 19 players, so they're pretty (laughs) much there. Wellington Phoenix with nine players, which is pretty good. And then at the bottom end, Newcastle Jets haven't yet signed um, anyone. Western Sydney Wanderers have not yet signed anyone. And then look, Melbourne victory. I think I've only got one there. Melbourne City's got two. So, so
2: yeah. Sydney FC zero, although we will go on the pod one week and they will have announced 18 yeah. players. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. no, that fear I'll, not, I'll Sky do. Blue fans. They always do. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep. But um, in terms of historically, I think Perth Glory probably had some challenges across COVID with Alex Parker trying to sign players when he maybe wasn't even in, in the state. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see more and more players get signed early because it just gives them some mm. some idea of what's happening. But we'll try, we'll keep our eye on it. We'll they, make sure that we they? keep letting people know.
3: Other W League news that we should mention, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ante Jurić, mm, farewell by Sydney Olympic. As the
2: Sydney Olympic men's coach, yes. yes. So, so and uh, and um, very tangentially, I hope that um, there's another farewell when Sydney Olympic lose to Blacktown on Saturday. Yeah. That that, that would true. be the per for me. That's the perfect way for him to very, end his reign as Sydney tangible. Olympic men's coach. And then Please. if we, I just want to give him more time to focus on Sydney FC. Yes,
3: yeah. I'm being nice. and also check out eric on the npl show every week (laughs) he discusses these tangents yeah so pretty (laughs) interesting that he's he's gone from sydney olympic at the end of the season Mm -hmm. um so obviously he'll still my understanding is he's still coaching sydney fc so Mm -hmm. i wonder whether that will have turned into an academy role or whether there'll be a full-time women's academy or Mm -hmm. whatever will happen there but that uh that further information hasn't really been released just yet Mm -hmm. what to come
1: Very good.
0: Okay. The Next thing I kind of wanted to give myself a little bit of a shout out and not because it's about myself, but because I've been starting to put together some data around women's football leagues around the world. This is not about me. This is about creating a visual for everyone to see what goes on and maybe some data so people can just click on some links. I'm really hoping that we'll get to the point where this is something that we can crowdsource quite a lot, add more leagues in there at the moment. I've got just over 20 leagues represented in there. I've zoomed out quite a lot. It's not intended for you to be able to see necessarily which league that we're talking about. Um, and numbers and bits and pieces, but you can see the overlap between, you know, when one league is playing, uh, other leagues are playing, you can see that, um, and I'm not sure if you can see my cursor as I'm scrolling along, but you can see the length of the the season, um, and the overlap with other leagues as well. And this is some of the conversations that we've often had around the A-League, is that where do the players come from when we're thinking about trying to grow the league with international, with imports coming in? And you can see through this spreadsheet that there is some overlap with some of those big leagues. You can see big overlaps between France, Germany. I mean, these are things that we know, but I, I thought it was quite nice to represent it some way. So if anyone's keen on seeing that, ping us at Beyond90 on you know any of our socials, and I'm happy to share that with you as well. Anyway. I we thought love it was a, we interesting. Love a Gantt chart.
3: I do like it. We love a spreadsheet and a
1: Gantt
0: <laughs> yes. chart. Oh, uh, imagine I had graphic skills or something or other I'd be able to put something more decent together but for the <laughs> moment that's what it looks like. Um in the around the world in football, I think there's definitely some pre-season matches that we're seeing mm-hmm. at the moment yeah. but in the, and if anyone wants to talk about those please feel free. We've updated our Aussies abroad page to show where the Aussies are playing and also when we believe the leagues to be starting. Mm-hmm and the duration of the league. So for the FAWSL, we're not expecting any, um, I'll say real games until September 10th. These are just based on the leagues. It's not based on cups or anything like that either. So September 10th, we'll come back to you with FAWSL. We'll see whether or not we can start putting together some content about those bits and pieces FA Championship where we've got uh, Crystal Palace has got Polly Doran there, and I don't know if that means that Eric might start putting together bits and pieces on but the I FA. I am. I had.
2: I had. I have had my tweet notification set to Crystal Palace Women for months, so because. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, like
2: I, think, I, I won't say who, but like I heard about that move about three months before it became official. Yeah, As I said, the worst, the worst say, kept secret in Australian women's football. So they've
3: been, um, <laughs> they've been bandied around the group chat for about yeah a couple of months yeah, at Louis least.
2: Now, so, <laughs> so yes, and also, well, I and um, of course I did remember also Isabel Dalton is at Lewis FC in uh, the Championship. So that's a couple of Aussies there, and I'm glad Cheryl mentioned it because next week the positive does Enoughery begins, and I think that's the best way to um, honour friend of Beyond 90, Angela Christian will.
0: Mm. (laughs) all right scottish women's premier league they're up to round two of 22 rounds for them they started last week you must have talked about it when i wasn't on the pod i feel like i missed out but it looks like jacinta gallabattarach played 73 minutes and set up the opening goal thank you eric for popping Mm. that in there if colville is obviously still injured, but we'll keep tabs on how Glasgow City are going. They had a 1-0 victory over Motherwell. So, you know, things are going okay for them at the moment. By the way,
2: I'm sorry, just to clarify with Scottish Women's Premier League, the first stage is 22 rounds. Then it does a end of season split that if you happen to be a fan of the Scottish Men's Premier League, you'll be familiar with. And if you're not, uh, it's time. Uh, You'll need to do some research because it's quite hard to explain. Yeah. We'll so need, more than we'll 22 games sh- is my point yeah.
3: We'll need another Cheryl spreadsheet put it that yep. way. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole huh?
0: Well, and to to give um, another shout out to Stefan, where he said we haven't got in there the um, the knockout rounds and those sorts of things as well, or the playoffs. Absolutely right. I've just put in the basics in there. It's even just putting the basics in there is is quite a bit, but ideally we'd be able to put all sorts of things like cups and whatnot in there mm-hmm. as well. But, you know, this is something that I'm sure FIFA are aware of. I'm sure that there's an opportunity for us to see more about it. And I'm Planning on having some conversations with people to see how we can get more data in there and how it could be a useful tool, not necessarily for the leagues themselves, because I'm sure they know what they're doing, but for the spectators and the fans to understand what's going on and when. Because, you know, it's nice to know what's happening before rather than after and being surprised and saying, oh, I didn't know that was on. Geez, that would have been great to know. So if we can start building more fandom around the game, then that's a, a contribution that I'm happy to try and make. Um, in France, the season starts September 10th as well, which I think is the same date as the FAWSL. Um, in the Serie A, and I haven't yet had confirmation whether or not Ivy Lewick is still playing mm-hmm. there. We did have confirmation that Ella Mastro Antonio no longer is playing for Pomugliano, but she's
2: at just- Subiaco in Western Australia.
0: Yeah, so we're just waiting to see on Ivy um, mm-hmm. to see whether or not anything's happening in the Serie A. If not, we can always follow Pep, uh, Joan Montemiro uh, yeah, playing I'm at I'm UV. Happy to, so. I'm happy
2: to put that in the template. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. So it's it's just nice to follow things around the world. And even though we don't have any Australians in the um, Spanish League, I mean, geez, that'd be a lovely one to follow
1: as well. Eric, we do I need think to get this- Germany in there as well. The, yeah, the Bundesliga right. for Anna Yes. Oh, yeah. yes yes Yes. good, good point okay. so thank you there we go we've got some Dave, i know she's playing on her german passport
2: but yeah No, no, no that's, well, okay. well still, ali still green still, ali Green's still in the nordic graph, so. yes. <laughs> no,
1: we're, we're right. happy to take any
0: thread that we can to talk about more football um eric i think it's more your specialty than mine in the serbian women's super league and then it is more than
2: more than you think because of course um uh i think what Major's term, the lost or one of the lost Aussies, east Vesna is playing for the uh, Spartak Subatitsa. Actually if, actually more interest for me personally because uh Vesnom has just a uh, Spartak have just signed uh, Philippines international Jessica Cowart and one of the other clubs there Red Star Belgrade or Kr- Kovanez Zvezda to give their um, Serbian name they've signed another Philippines international Quinley Cazada. so yes I will do the best I can with what little information there is and using Facebook auto-translate but also Spartak Subitica by the way next week we can talk about their um, UEFA Champions League qualifier because they mm-hmm. are playing the winner of Brand Kovina Tamika Yalop's team and uh, from that's a Norwegian team and ALG Spore from Turkey. So they're just the league. I don't know, can't find anything, but uh, at least I know Spartak are getting ready for that. Yeah. Okay, so, so on to the Nordic wrap. And I will do, th- uh, I have to do the whole section with Stefan away. And because I'm doing it, we'll start with the most important country Denmark. So, in De- Denmark, firstly, there was a cup game midweek. I couldn't figure out why AGF were playing in this round and uh, the. Other teams with Aussies were not, but whatever. It was more success for Matilda McNamara's side. Um, AGF defeated second-tier side Vildbjerg. Four goals to one away from home. Matilda started and played 64 minutes. Then there was a real uh Aussie reunion on the weekend, as Fortuna Hearing, the the Aussie, the most um Aussie non-Aussie club in the world, played AGF, but not good news for Matilda. Although um she she played a full game, full game. Fortuna won 5-0. So India Paige riley also played a full game and was booked. Angie Beard played the first half. Uh, Claire Wheeler not on the Fortuna hearing team sheet. Then finally, the other Aussie involvement. Why? uh,
0: Why? Do we have any inside information about why? Is she okay? Everything okay? Um,
2: I wanted to take
3: it easy against Matilda McNamara's team.
2: Yeah, that's right. It's like, um, yeah, you just... Although... uh, Claire's not a forward, so she should she should be all right. But yeah. the, um, FC, and then uh, with uh, Winona Heatley, uh, her FC Nordschalen side defeated Colden Q 3-0 away from home, but Winnie didn't get off the bench, unfortunately. So uh, started uh, last weekend, but not this weekend. So then while I'm down in the bottom to Iceland, so more success for Gemma Sy- Simons-Thorter. They beat Selfos 3-0 away from home. Selfos, I believe, one of Emma Checker's former clubs. Correct. And so, yep, full game for Gemma Simon as well. Good stuff. Then uh, for KR Reykjavik, one of Angie Beard's former clubs, um, their Aussie duo Margot Chavez and Susan Fongsokham. they lost 3-1 away to IBV. Susan, unfortunately, not on the team sheet. Margot Chavez played 77 minutes and was booked. Then finally for Melina Ayers. She's uh,
0: quite often. Is
2: that- yes, she has been, <laughs> she is, for. She is, um. Uh, for, can, how can I put this? She's continuing on with Laura Hughes' legacy. By, getting, okay. by being an Aussie, getting repeatedly booked in Iceland. And then, uh, finally, yes, we were, yeah, my, lost in translation. That's what Laura Hughes said. And then, uh, so for Melina Ayres, her uh, Braderblick side drew two all the way to Stjarnan. Um, Stjarnan, perhaps known for some famous celebrations on the men's side, but uh, unfortunately, Melina is not on uh, the team, team sheet. Then, on to Sweden. So, they've just started after their summer break, so they started a bit after norway i think so for aik lost one nil away to patea with remy Simpson as an unused substitute rosengard with tegan myler tegan Mika and charlie grant actually no i've got to update oh. this template because charlie grant's been loaned to another team we'll get onto that in a minute um so rosengard with tegan Micah not playing this weekend um great news with Hummerby; um they defeated eskilstuna united one nil away from home least Keller Knight started and played 57 minutes. Isn't that Yay. wonderful? Then, Yay, then, big
0: clap, big, big shout clap. out.
2: Yeah. Then uh, Courtney Devon played a full game. Kyra Cooney cross also started and played 66 minutes. Now for Vitsa, GIK, who have Claire Polkingo and Katrina Gori, and on loan for the rest of the season, Charlie Grant. A 1-0 uh, away loss to Christian Studd, who are second. Uh, Stephens notes both Polks and Mini played full games. Now... This is on soccerway I assume he would have remembered to put Charlie Grant here if she got in game time or if all the boxes had been ticked and she was allowed to join, whatever. But at least um, full games for Polks and Mini. And then finally, uh, another deb- Aussie debut after a few last week uh, for Emma Checker. Her Umea side drew one all with Kalmar and a full game for Emma Checker. Then finally to Norway. Um, so Carly Rusper, back in his team. Lillistrom won 3-0 away to the Ruhr Dynamite girls. But yes, that is their real name. What but uh, Carly name? not on the team sheet. Yes, it's wonderful. Um, yeah, Carly not on the team sheet, unfortunately, for Lillestrom. Uh Brank Vinner, featuring Tamika Yallop, drew 1-0 with Starbuck. Meeks played half a game, so, so the first half. Uh, for Valaranga, featuring Ali Green, they won 3-0 away to Evoltznes. Ali came on in the 85th minute, and honorary Aussie Elisa Torsnes scored Valaranga's third goal from the penalty spot. So there's uh, the Nordic wrap.
0: Thank you. I like our honorary Aussies. I don't know how far we should go when we go off and talk about the NWSL, uh, I think is next. And in the match with Angel City against Chicago Red Stars, which is the last match that's on our list, I think it was Savannah McCaskill who scored in that one. So is she an honorary Aussie because she played Ooh. for Sydney FC? See, this is the know. thing. Well,
2: I'm happy yeah. to do it for Nordic raps. If you do it for the NWSL, there's like 40 honorary Aussies. It's just <laughs> not viable. True.
3: You have to play more than two full seasons in the W League to be an honorary Australian,
0: okay. We have some criteria now. We'll have yeah. so, to um,
3: so, not two like guest dints. Maybe it's like permanent residency, you have to play for a number of years before we'll consider.
2: <laughs> before we, before you, we you get the shout, honorary, the yes,
0: could be there. Do, I don't yeah, know just that just we've got would qualify based on that criteria.
2: Kendall Fletcher, Carson Pickett, That's Carson is. Pickett would, yes, Carson, Pickett. Um,
1: yeah. actually, yeah. and I two full I, seasons. I, yeah, and, and I'd throw um, Riley Bateson given that she came from no, Queensland, Brisbane yes. yes. Roar to NWSL. Lauren so, Barnes. Aubrey, Aubrey Bledsoe yes. and
3: Brid yeah. Ström both in there. Luella Bonta. Mm. There's some good ones. There's some bad ones but there's some good ones. <laughs> and we will not talk about the bad ones. Should we move on? <laughs>
1: Well, we
0: are distracted from going through the results of the nwsl and and i should be um um told off because i'm trying to get the pod done in a reasonable time houston dash had a nil all draw against racing louisville with alex chidiak playing 60 minutes so she started the game and played 60 minutes san diego wave with emily van egmon went down one nil against orlando pride but Emily Van Egmon played the full game. So Has that's...
2: she been sub this season yet? She is racking up the four no. games. Yeah.
3: It's great. She's, always, I don't know. She's been, yeah, she's been super, super consistent and she's been playing really well in that team as well. What
0: was that? A couple of, um, couple of years ago, one, two, three years ago, they went off and they counted the, the minutes that the players had been playing. And I think it was Alana Kennedy who had played the most and second to that, I'm just thinking, and this is just in terms of Australians. I don't know worldwide, but mm. second was maybe Steph Catley. be really interesting to see some of those numbers again, particularly yeah. now that they're playing more consistently just with A-League instead of jumping across and coming back and playing in Australia as well, which is probably not to their benefit. Um, going back to that spreadsheet that I put together, I think the league with the um, the longest, the sorry, the women's league with the longest... Uh, league season I suppose was 30 matches for Spain so in the Spanish league they're playing and it's quite interesting I mean if you draw a a line any which way you want it's highlighting that they've got a big season to develop and that must be really good Mm -hmm. for their players Mm -hmm. and really good maybe we might see some Australians going over there we've just seen Lucy Bronze, who is not Australian, but that's okay. I still like to talk about Lucy Bronze anyway. Uh, Let's talk about state football, but if we don't mind, we'll go just, um, I don't know, one match. One match per per state area match of the round or something just to get through it, and anyone can have a look at the results as well on on the show notes.
2: Yep. Okay, so do ACT because there was only two anyway. It's very very quick. Okay. So um, Canberra Olympic featuring a lot of former Belcon and United players. Beat Belcon and United 2-1. And goals from Ash Sykes. We love that. And former Belcon and United legend Michaela Thornton, now with Olympic. So Belco's goal from Kira Bobbin. Stefan will write up about the game between Canberra United Academy and Gungahlin United, which Gungahlin won 2-1. So watch out for that. New South Wales, well, Dale, which one of the nine do we talk about?
3: (laughs) It's up to Uh, you. That's a great question. Well, Um, you can have
0: one each. Technically, you can have one each. So... um, Okay.
3: uh, I'll go with uh, uh, Football New South Wales beating the Jets. Oh, yeah, Battle of the Kids. Yes. Yeah, we love the Battle of the Kids. Um, that was uh, going to be one of the write ups this week, but uh, Eric has gone with another game, which is mm-hmm. more than fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Football New South Wales Institute 2, Emerging Jets nil, uh Daniela, Naomi, and Sienna Saveska, in mm-hmm. favourite of the pod, scoring for the Institute. And then Eric's game of the week.
2: Irish game, so I mean, there's plenty to choose from. But the one I'll write about is uh, the down on the south coast, uh, Illawarra Stingrays two, Sydney University four. So uh, former capital football fave Alicia Mironen with another banger from a free kick, and then the and then the the metro the great goal scoring metronome of NPL New South Wales Michelle Carney also finding the back of the net, but it was not enough because um. Uh, Sydney Uni at another goal from their top scorer, the American import roller, Badawia. A goal from Sarah Morgan, who would unfortunately blot her copybook late on with a second yellow card. And also a double from one, their defender, Ashley Irwin, who looked equally delighted and shocked that she had scored twice. But also, uh, good work by Ashley, um, getting some revenge for the Irwin clan by killing off the Stingrays. Ah! Oh, that's one of your best. I don't think, it's a
0: that, show note title. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> no, I got. I well, I got a suggestion for later. Yes, I can't claim credit for that. Big shout out to Football New South Wales League One Women's reporter Justin Davies for telling me that. Very Thank good. you so much.
1: Go, Madge. Take us into Queensland Territory. Well, I think the game we have to talk about here was um, Lions FC and QAS for a couple of reasons. It was a draw. It was a one-all draw. So the QAS, the kids, the Queensland Academy of Sport. First team to take points off Lions this season. And and it was Ella O'Grady coming back from junior Matildas as well who um, put put the the goal away uh, early in the second half. Um, But then Lions came back and uh, and equalize uh, late in the game with Tegan riding, and that clinched the premiership for Lions, which was it's happened pretty early, of course, being um undefeated in the season and yes. um, run, oh, run, sh- runaway winners. Um, <laughs> so now it's all it's it's all looking at the ladder for the rest of the season. and the top four starting to possibly take shape now. This it's it's definitely still a few teams who could get into the top four, but uh, Gold Coast is second on the ladder, followed by Eastern Suburbs and Kapalabar um, with South Sunshine Coast and Brisbane Olympic probably um, the only teams that that might be able to squeeze their way into the top four in the finals.
2: Yeah I, I was you know. shocked when I saw that line social media post where the premiers I'm like already yeah Goodness.
1: <laughs> well they they could have gotten it last weekend but um but I think Gold Coast managed to yeah. Uh, win their game and just keep, keep, keeping up for a one more round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now it was they would have had to completely capitulate for the rest of the season to not wrap it up this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah. something I also liked. Morton Bay United defeated Olympic FC 1 0 away from home. And the goal, Lani Friars, set up by a twin sister, Sean. That's lovely. Yeah,
1: got to love a, a twin goal.
0: Well, congratulations to Lions for wrapping up the Premiership. I'm not sure where Queensland is up to in their season, but if I move on to Victoria, we've just played or we're we're 75% through round 19 of 21. So we're getting really close to the end. It's not yet wrapped up in Victoria. We've got the top two teams. I think if I just have a... A quick look, we have got Calder United are on top in the... I can't remember, they were on 40-something points. And then we've also got in second position was Heidelberg United. So it could be either one of those two teams which could wrap it up. In terms of game of the round, it's probably the match between Box Hill United uh, and FV emerging. So sixth and fourth on the table, respectively, Um, Leading into the match, FE emerging were actually fifth. So with a 3-1 victory over Box Hill, they've been able to jump back up to fourth. So Really good showing from them um, against uh, a strong team in Box Hill, but they're placed six on the table at the moment. Uh, Goals from, so Caitlin Carich was able to score in there in one of the three goals that FV Emerging have scored. But yeah, getting close to the end, there is a match on as usual tonight. Melbourne time, Melbourne wet time. It'll be wet, it'll be cold, but that's Bulleen Lions against Alamein and we'll see what happens with that.
1: On to Queens of the Week. Madge, I don't know if you want to kick off. Oh, well, I'm going to kick off with everyone's favorite defensive midfielder, KK, um, Elise Kellen Knight getting back on the field for Hammerby in Sweden. It's fantastic to see her back on the field after such you know horrific um, but yeah, just a really bad run with injuries. And it'll be interesting like um to see how she goes and, and how she goes with form because I mean Tony Gustavsson, of course, took her to the Olympics, even though she was still under a, a bit of an injury cloud then so i suspect you well understandably highly rated uh as a leader and a player in the matilda's um outfit so we'll see how her trajectory goes over the next few months and whether or not she can stake a claim for the world cup a good dale
3: uh my queen of the week is leah blaney Um, for two main reasons. A, very impressed with how the young Matildas have been playing, all things considered. And B, um, anybody that stands out in the rain in Alahuela deserves to be the queen of the week. I don't know what FIFA was thinking, putting a tournament in the middle of the wet season in Costa Rica, but you know I've been very impressed with her. Always had a lot of time for Lena Blaney on and off the field. And yeah, I've been impressed with both her coaching ability and her uh, uh, what's the word her, her toughness in in the weather conditions
1: I hope she yeah. never smiles as well oh yes yes, yes yes I know That's a, I heard yes. that I saw your That's,
3: tweet yeah that wasn't um, yeah no good yeah it's still not good <laughs> the, the, yeah. the downside of having access to the football a world TV. feed having to listen yeah. to
0: that well we do have um Leah Blaney f- Friend of the pod from I can't remember how long ago it would have been that we actually did an interview with her, so we'll try and find a link to that and include it in the show notes if anyone wants to have a look. Eric, on, on to your queen of the week. I don't think first, we've got. First. Any... I'll do
2: Stefan first because I want to be oh, we... good. Stefan's done one. Thank we... you. Yes, he has. So, ah, yes. Now, this is a massive shock. This is from NPL Capital Football. So, Gungalian United's Rachel Corbett scored in her 150th NPL game on the weekend. Corbett is a Gunners junior from way back and has twice come back from ACL injuries. True Queen of the Week material. Now, for my Queen of the Week, there's a bit of a story. So... I was doing commentary for the NPL women's game between Bankstown City and Northern Tigers on the weekend. Bankstown City have a former Northern Tigers player named Daisy Arrowsmith, who I believe is still the Northern Tigers women's first grade all-time top scorer, at least in the top division. So I had a chat to her before the game. Bankstown City said, coach says, Daisy, he really wants you to score. I told Daisy, yes, I've never wanted someone to score against their old club more in my entire life. Daisy said, all right, I'll score for you. And then she scored. So that is what makes a queen of the week. And her goal, uh, really top bins penalty, great penalty uh, from Daisy. Daisy um, ensured a two-all draw with Northern Tigers. Shout out also to the other former Tiger now at Bankstown City, Siobhan Edwards. She also scored. So it was a very good day out for me.
0: That's a good story. Thank you for that, Eric. Um, to my queen of the week or queens of the week. I've got a couple, the young Matilda squad. And I don't say that without um, a lot of feeling behind it. I, I think, you know, expectations are probably big on themselves rather than the, the public. I'm not sure how many of the public are um, seeing a lot of the game time, but I, I think the team have really been standing up and playing incredible football. And it's an opportunity for them to showcase themselves and their skills at the world level and out of this, you don't know, we might see more players get, get some interest and in signings around the world. I'm not sure. I, fingers crossed something like that will happen, but for me personally, it was wonderful to be able to see some of the players who spend their time in NPLW, maybe um, you know, up in that place in New South Wales or whatever, so good to be able to showcase That's where they're all soon. playing,
2: Cheryl. Sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, except for Peach,
0: except for Peach, 17. 17. Now... 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, my other queen of the week, Grace Newski from New Zealand, who scored the opening goal against Mexico. I think that's a, a beautiful little opportunity for, for Grace to continue her journey of being someone that people look up to for many different reasons, but her ability to operate as an elite footballer, but also her honesty in talking about what she's been going through as a player, as an elite athlete. Elite athlete or as a person generally, so big shout out to her as well, and I, and I'll second the call for Elise Kellen Knight as well. There is an Instagram post that we'll include in the show notes, and it's Already actually there. just beautiful to see yeah. how happy she looks to be on the field. So to Elise Kellen Knight as well, to all of you, thank you. You're always my queens, kings, and and non-binary characters of the week. Thank you very much. You're never the jokers. We don't want those in football, but thank you to everyone who's listened. To to episode 109. We'll be back next week talking about 110 and we've got um, news from the under 20s coming through. So it'll be great to wrap that up and getting closer to some of the big leagues around the world starting up again. So on behalf of myself and the team on the pod and the team at Beyond 90 generally, thank you all for listening. Give us a review. Uh, give us a subscribe, give us some feedback. If you like the pod, if there's extra things that you want to hear about, is if there's less that you want to hear about, we love to hear all your feedback. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.